When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody, welcome into the Auburn Live Basketball Show. That's right, we said basketball show. Uh, appreciate everybody for joining us. I'm Justin Hoganson. With me, a familiar face. If you've seen the call-in show, you know him, you love him, Mr. J. Head. What's up, man? What's up, brother? How you doing tonight, Hope? Good. Just, uh, you know, people ask me if I'm busy these days, and I say, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm busy. It's a weird busy. It's not, not, not every day is you know, today, Monday, we're recording this Monday night. We'll, we'll put up just – not every day is crazy writing, but you're just always on alert right now with the portal and offers any point, any time, something could happen. So that makes you very busy. Sure. And then the reason that we're here tonight to discuss basketball, Bruce Pearl, this team, seven games in, like you had, like me and you had talked about in the pre-show, um, and a lot going on there as well. So you got your hands full, buddy. Yeah, here for a little bit. It's a little double dipping with all this stuff going on. All right, so we're going to talk some basketball. Um, we're going to get into that uh, real quick. Shout out to Session Cocktail, sponsor of all the Auburn live shows um, that I do anyway. Um, Session Cocktail, downtown Auburn. Go check them out. Magnolia Avenue right there next to Taco Mama. I always give Taco Mama a shout out. I just realized because I stayed there next to them. I need to stop doing that because Taco Mama doesn't give me anything. So I need to stop saying that. Uh, so go, go check out Session. They just got a new menu for, like, the holiday season with some awesome drinks. I had a thing called the Late Night Breakfast. It's a drink called the Late Night Breakfast. It's a bourbon drink, and it's got, like, everything that's in it. It's got egg. It's got, dude, it is insanely good. Um, and then they have, like, an eggnog that's, that's, that's fantastic that I'm just going to be like, can you bottle that up and um, take it home? Um, but anyway, they just got a whole new menu. It's really awesome. Go check them out. They got, you know, the booth seating and the bar seating. I run into a bunch of people that are members of Auburn Live there. Actually, Friday night before the Iron Bowl, ran into some people that are members of Auburn Live and said, hey, and um, we're, we're trying session out for the first time. So I appreciate them. So if you go in, tell them, uh, find Hunter, uh, who's the owner, or Joe, or, you know, or, or Avery, the, the managers, just find them. Tell them uh, you appreciate them. You heard you heard about them through Auburn Live. That would be awesome for us. But go check them out. Great drinks, great environment, atmosphere, all that good stuff. Happy hour, four to six. So go check out Session in downtown Auburn if you get the chance. That would be awesome. Um, all right, Jay Head, let's talk some hoops. So 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 for everybody listening, we're going to do this once a week. Um, the goal is to record. The goal is to put one up every Tuesday morning. The goal is to put one up every Tuesday morning where we can kind of recap the you know the previous couple games look ahead to the previous couple games obviously once you get into SEC play it'll sort of be two a week and it'll work out pretty good but we're trying to do one a week where we can kind of recap a little bit look ahead a little bit to what's going on since this is our first one let's just kind of keep it broad man Auburn's seven games in tough loss at App State where they just they just didn't play well um, didn't handle the environment really well um, you know you look at App State the new net rankings come out. App State's 47th in the in the first net ranking. So that means that the loss to App State and the loss to Baylor are quad one losses right now. So, yes. you know, the world's, you know, the sky's not falling. They didn't look great, but that's not a bad loss, and it likely won't be a bad loss. It's just a missed opportunity like the Baylor one was. But 
What do you sort of make of this Auburn team seven games in, new roster, what we heard might be different from last year? Um, what do you see that's different? What do you see that you like that you can build on? Just kind of give me some some thoughts to get this thing rolling. So just a team that's still really trying to come together, Justin. Uh, you see some inconsistency. You've seen some real highlights. Obviously, Janai Broom has continued on with his pace that he started last year, which carried over to the NBA Combine. And now he's really kind of starting to put it together and coming to his own. Two straight games of going over 20-plus points. Uh, and really, he's kind of setting himself up to be an all-SEC type season. Other players, Aiden Holloway started off fantastic. He's kind of hit a wall a little bit, making some of that adjustment. They're playing him a little bit differently defensively with how they're trapping him some and forcing the ball out of his hand, making him be a little bit more of a facilitator than actually a scorer at this point. Uh, and then the adjustment by Chad Baker-Mazzaro and Denver Jones has continued on, and then Chaney Johnson. You're just seeing guys that are coming up to a different level of basketball that are kind of getting their feel somewhat, and you've seen some real highs for them. Uh, Mazzaro has been fantastic off the bench, and really with kind of getting into the lane and being able to get to the cup and create some things. Uh, the shooting stroke hasn't quite come through yet, but you see really good form from him, so I'm excited what he can do moving forward. Denver has been a little bit more of a mixed bag, and then obviously Chaney is a fantastic athlete, great kid that just still kind of finding his way. But you see a team in transition, Justin, and I think that's something you talked about moving into this season is what was it going to be like getting through the non-conference? Can you get through unscathed enough that when you get into conference play, you're ready to kind of attack that and go into it and be that top half of the team league that we come to expect from a Bruce Pearl team? Yeah, I was looking at just kind of some some stats briefly, just so people kind of understand where Auburn's at. Uh, I look at T-Rank, which is BartTorvik.com, the T-Rank analytics, uh, just because I don't have to pay him like I do Ken Palm. Uh, but they're very, very close. Like, it's essentially the same kind of stuff. Um, he's got Auburn's uh, offensive efficiency at 34th in the nation, their defensive efficiency at 14th. Uh, the defense was playing pretty well. App State was a little bit of a step back in some areas, but the defense has actually been probably a little bit better than uh, we thought and, and better than Bruce Pearl kind of thought so far. Offensive rebounding, they're, they're top 20 in the country. Uh, they're getting to the free throw line a lot, but the, their free throw rate, Auburn's free throw rate is uh, 39th in the country. Unfortunately, their free throw percentage is 233rd. So maybe convert a little bit more when you're one of the best teams in the country getting there. Um, but a lot of the defensive categories are pretty good. They're fouling too much, which is something we've written about. They're fouling over 20 times a game. Uh, that's just it's going to change environment, officiating crew, but that's something they got to get a handle on. Teams are shooting 76% from the free throw line uh, against Auburn, uh, but they're just there's fouling too much. But all in all, not not bad, not a bad start. No. But they have lost to the two best teams they've played. Um, granted, neither one of them was in Auburn Arena, Neville Arena, I should say. Um, yeah, it, it's an you know Janai Brim's been great the last two games. Aiden Holloway's kind of struggle the last two games, but that's to be expected. McDonald's All-American or not, he's a true freshman point guard, and it's just the, the physicality and just everything that goes with that, he's going to have some off games. I think if we want to talk concerns first, we can talk, let's talk, we can talk some concerns and then we'll talk some, some positives. We'll, sure. we'll do it, that way. it doesn't matter what order, but um, I think, I think the, two, the two guard position is something that to me so far has been kind of worrisome. I would say worrisome. I'm not I'm not freaking out, but Denver Jones hasn't quite been what 
um, I think they thought he would be or what I hoped he would be. You know, he, he's a good athlete. He did well in off-season testing. Like, he, he's got some athletic ability, but he's had a, a, quite a number of games where on offense he kind of disappeared. Um, and, and he wasn't brought here to do that. He was brought here to be a shooter and score. He scored 20 points a game last year. And he's had games where he, you know, he didn't score against App State, App State, zero points. And your starting two guard can't do that. You can't, to, for whatever reason that is, whether they need to try to isolate him and get him some looks on purpose or whether he needs to be more aggressive or whatever. Um, because Katie Johnson behind him is so inconsistent. Denver can't also be inconsistent for me. So that position's probably my biggest concern so so far. Point guard, we kind of know the limitations there. I think Aiden will get better. Um, Janai, you know what you get. Jalen is going to kind of be himself or he's going to look great one game and he's going to sort of play down to his competition another game. You sort of know what you get there. Chad Baker's coming on. I wish we could get more from Chris Moore, but that kind of is what it is. Um, Denver's probably the most is the guy that I thought you would get more of, and is probably been the most disappointing so far. That position has got to produce more um, on on both ends of the floor. But you, you just can't have a game where you're one, you're you're starting two guard, and your backup two guard go go scoreless. That that's got that's got to change for me. I agree, and it just let's look at the last game against Appalachian State, and as you mentioned, it was on the road in Boone. Tough environment to play in, uh, smaller gym, different officiating crew than what you're accustomed to. And like you said, it's not a bad loss. Look, it's on the road. It's a, a net team that you said was 30. 47 as of right now. 47. Okay, so that's a quad one loss. Yeah. You never want to lose to a group of five team, but if you do, you want it to be in their place when it's a situation that's going to boost that that level of opponent. So. But you can't go 9 of 19 from the foul line, and you can't go 3 of 27 from 3. That's what we thought this team was going to be different. We thought they were going to be more efficient from distance this season, um, and they were. At the very beginning of the year, when you talk about positives, that Baylor game really opened my eyes as far as offensively what this team could be. Uh, and you haven't really seen that the last couple of games, and I don't think that's permanent. I think some of that's going to reverse itself. They're in a little bit of a slump. but. Even Auburn's best teams under Pearl have gone into a little bit. The Final Four team went into a little bit of a slump shooting the ball very early in the season and then picked it up coming late. So those things go in waves, and I would expect for us to get that kind of corrected somewhat. Um, beyond that, I really kind of like offensively, and I think you hit it. Me and you are very alike as far as how we see this team, as far as where maybe some of my concerns are. And it's not major concerns. We're too early for it to be major concerns, but just kind of like things I've noticed. But as far as things I've liked, I've really liked how they've kind of stretched the floor with a five-man-out offense. I think that's been nice. They've also run a nice blend of the flex-cut offense that Pearl has traditionally run with some of those back cuts involved. Defensively, they've been significantly better than what I thought they would be. I thought that's where they would struggle given some of the new pieces that you brought in. But from a team defense standpoint, I thought they were better even though they had to switch to zone against Appalachian State late, they kind of shrunk into a 2-3 zone, which really allowed them to get some rim protection. Um, I think man-to-man they've held up well, Justin. I, I really do. So a lot of positives with this team, and we're going to find out more about them. You get a big three-game stretch coming up where you've got Indiana and what used to be Phillips Arena. I think they're calling it State Farm Arena now. Um, you get UNC Asheville, who's a perennial tournament, tournament team in Huntsville, so another neutral site game. 
and then you get SC at home, which is probably going to be the best team you play all non-conference. So three big three big games for you to really show, okay, this is where we are right now. This is where we can be going into SEC play. So just a really pivotal stretch for this team. Yeah, you mentioned three-point shooting. They opened up. They shot nine of 19 against Baylor, not bad. 11 of 32 against Southeastern Louisiana, uh, not terrible. Nine of 20 against Notre Dame, pretty good. Uh, eight of 24 against St. Bonaventure, okay. But that's nine, 11, nine, and eight threes. And then the last three games, they've hit six, two, and three. In the last two games, they're five of 43 from three. So the last two games have been just a disaster um, from the from the uh, from the three point line. That's really been the one major drawback these last two games of of uh, of scoring. They've done a lot of things well. They still get to the free throw line and stuff like that. But um, I don't know what's going on these last two games because yeah, shooting wise, they should be better. They're supposed to be better. I think they will be better. Bruce has said they're going to be better, but right now they rank, uh, they're shooting 29.6% from three. That's 286th in the country. They are better than that, um, whether it's Denver Jones, whether it's Chad Baker. Trey Donaldson, Trey Donaldson I think, has been good. Yes. Part of that, Aiden. Aiden, the last two games, has gone over. That hasn't helped. Um, and he shoots a high number. You know, He's shooting four or five a game or something like that. So got to figure out the shooting and what's going on there. Um, you know, I remember Bruce mentioning about Denver specifically, and I wonder how it translates to these other to Chad Baker, to Aiden Holloway, as well as they're playing more defense than they're used to. They're playing harder defense than they than they're used to. How does that translate to the offensive end? I thought it was a good point on Denver. I would assume that that could probably go for somebody like Chad Baker. That probably could go for somebody like Aiden Holloway, where defensively you're doing more than you've ever done before. How does that translate offensively, specifically shooting the uh, the the three. So let's just for now assume that that will right itself, and and they'll get back to shooting you know pretty well. I love the depth. I love what they're doing from a depth perspective. That Bruce is not kidding when he says like that's their that's I think it's their strength. Now, fun, Bruce makes a funny point where he says the great thing about our team is we don't drop off when we go to the bench. The worst thing about our team is we don't drop off when we go to the bench which is a funny but fair point. He's like, I wish, on one hand, you would kind of like to drop off because that means you have a starting five. But then again, if you don't, that means you're, you're bent. So it's, it's a give and take. I like the depth. I like what it gives Auburn. Um, but it only works if your starters, you, you can't be, you can't have guys. I think Denver didn't score against App State. Chris Moore didn't score against App State. And Aiden barely did. Did he score? Anyway, you had like three starters in that game that just basically didn't produce anything offensively, and um, and that 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 you can't do that, then that negates whatever your your bench is. You you know, then if they don't do that, well, then your bench has got to come off and pick you up, and then you're kind of you're balancing out. They need those starters to be solid. Then you bring these bench guys on, and you've got ten guys. You're running ten, um, and and you've got guys that can score and spread it out. But um, but I do like the depth. I think that will help them in SEC play because they don't have a stud. Janai, Janai can, can be. We've seen him. Mm-hmm. But, out, but, out, but even Janai relies on other people. you got to feed it to him. Um, you got to consistently get it to him. And there will be games where he's not super aggressive um, and he goes against the athletic big man that will negate him a little bit. But I, I, I do love the depth. That is their strength. They just got to figure out some ways to be consistent shooting the basketball from the outside. That's That's been a shocking development the last week, man. 
It has. Uh, and look, these are teachable moments in a situation where you're not going to be overly penalized because if App State will continue to play at the pace that they're playing at, and I think they are in probably a Sunbelt League where they can really kind of cement themselves as a top top echelon team there. So you're not going to take too much of a tumble when you kind of get into conference play from that standpoint of a loss. But you're talking young guys, as you mentioned, a freshman that was playing against high school guys last year that's really getting tested for the first time at the college level in a true road environment, which is completely different. Neutral sites are great, but there's nothing like going into somebody else's gym for the first time and you're having to get accustomed to being played a different way. Uh, same thing with Chad Baker-Mazzaro coming up from JUCO. Like you said, I'm not trying to take shots at the junior college basketball game, but defense is not one of the things that is done at a very high level. Right. Uh, you get a lot of offensive basketball. It's very AAU-ish at the JUCO ranks. So that's somewhat, somewhat of, like you said, him exerting energy in different parts of the game where he was very offensively efficient last year playing uh, at, at, a, at a lower level in the junior college ranks. And then Denver, he's always kind of been the guy, right? Like it, for Florida International, he has been the go-to scorer. Here it's some of an, an adjustment for him to learn to be more of a secondary option. And I think he struggled with that. Uh, some of the athletes that he's seen are a little bit quicker than probably what he's, what he's accustomed to at Florida International. I think he'll get there. I see enough from him. It makes me think his athleticism transfers to the SEC caliber athlete that he's going to compete against. But he's just got to be a little bit more efficient, get into more of a groove. You can see where he's forcing action somewhat, right? Like he's just trying to get something going, and I think he's got to let the game come to him. And Bruce will do some things. He'll put him in ball screen action. He'll do some things to kind of loosen it up somewhat. And once he sees a few shots go in, I think he'll kind of see the light go on, specifically if he gets hot against one of these next three opponents where it's really kind of a raise in the competition level that you're going to see. Yeah, one of the things, <clears throat> kind of looking through um, the stats as we sort of talk about where Auburn is through seven games, um, you mentioned they've got um, Indiana coming up. I'll be at that one in, in Atlanta. And then they've got UNC Asheville and Huntsville, USC. And then you've got Alabama State, Chattanooga, and Penn all in, in Neville Arena before you start SEC play. So <clears throat> next three games are big. They really need to win them all um, and try to go – um, you know, 11 and two into, uh, into SEC play. But you kind of look at where, <clears throat> where this team's struggling. Um, we talk about defensively a little bit. Um, one of the other areas where they're struggling is offensive rebounding. They're giving up, um, over 11 offensive rebounds a game, which is bottom 30% in the country. That is leading to, um, the opponents scoring uh, eight, over 18% of the opponent's points is coming from second chance, which, which is for, from, for as, as Auburn is concerned is bottom 7% in the country. So they're giving up offensive boards and that's leading to second chance points. Um, one out of every five points they score is a second chance point from the opponent, which <clears throat> probably goes back to an effort energy kind of thing, blocking out, not giving up offensive rebounds. And then if they do locking back in and defending. Uh, and then not giving up and not giving up points. There's just there's things like that that are hurting them. You toss in the the amount of fouls and free throws that opponents are getting, and um, just some discipline things. I think defensively they've got all the length and athletic ability. I mean, yes. look how long Chad Baker is. You know what you need with Janai. Dylan can block shots. Trey's a physical guy. Katie can wreak havoc sometimes, and sometimes he'll forget to guard somebody. But um, that's KD. Uh, you know, even Denver's a good athlete. Like they're, they've got good link. Chris Moore gets after it. 
the, the, Bruce is never going to put a bad defensive team on the court. This team just maybe has to go a little further to get there. Um, but just kind of some focused things, I think, on defense would would go a long way in, in improving that side of the that side of the floor. I agree, and you know he's going to have their attention coming out of that loss. There's no way that they're going into the Indiana game losing against App State where Bruce won't have their absolute attention, and he'll demand it. Bruce is the kind of guy that doesn't – I mean, he doesn't tolerate losing, not in that fashion, and you can tell that it irritated him in some of the postgame comments that he made, particularly with how their guards got after our guards, and that was a challenge to them. Sometimes when coaches like Bruce that have the the, the voice that he has, when he's speaking to the media – He's not just speaking to you guys. He's speaking to his team. And you could see that in some of his postgame comments, trying to get through to them to let them know, like, hey, this is unacceptable, guys. And we're going to get better, but you got to trust me. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What do you make of the point guard play so far um, between Aiden and Aiden and Trey? Um, you know, good moments for both. You know, Abstead is a good example, right? Aiden doesn't play well. Trey, I think, scored 12 off the bench. It's nice to have a point guard who, like Trey, who can come off and knock down some shots. <laughs> the crazy thing about Aiden is he, he, you know, he started fast. He's slowed down a little bit over the last two games offensively. But he is still um, number one on the team in plus minus. He is – Auburn is 93 points better for the season when he's on the floor. That is – that is uh, 18 points better than the next person, which is actually Cheney. Um, and then it's 22 points better than the third-place guy, which is which is Denver Jones. But it's kind of crazy, even in some of these games where Aiden has struggled, his plus-minus is still fantastic. Now, plus-minus doesn't mean everything. Sure. But it's a decent indicator, and it's just interesting how, how it's it's been so good with him in there, even when he struggled. So good things tend to happen. Uh, Trey has come off the bench and done his part, but what's sort of your take on that dynamic so far and, and like starting to look ahead to SEC play and how these guards are going to get up in them and Aiden's going to be challenged? And what do you think that dam- dynamic can be between those guys from what you've seen so far? So been more impressed with Trey than I thought I would be at this point. He has truly played better now. He started off a little bit slow, didn't love everything I saw in the Baylor game, thought they exposed him somewhat. But that was a tough night for him. I think he had just lost his grandfather. So there were obviously some other things going on there. But been very impressed with how he's handled things, particularly coming off the bench. You talked about the plus minus with Aiden. And I think it speaks to the volume with which teams respect his play because they just play him differently, which means that other guys are, you know, the opportunities are a little bit different for them. The spacing is different when he's on the floor. And you can't necessarily collapse on other players when he's there because you know what he's capable of. Now, the thing with him, uh, obviously, is is that you can't fall into the trap of trying to force action. You have to continue to be patient. Let the game come to you. And that's such a hard thing for young guards to learn, Justin, is letting the game come to them and fall into the flow of the game and not try to dictate things. Bruce will get his attention. You've got a great set of assistant coaches in Ira Bowman 
Corey's fantastic. You're talking about a guy that played point guard in the NBA. He knows what it's like to be in Aiden's position. And then obviously Stephen Pearl is um, extremely well-versed. You've got uh, – and, and two other guys that were promoted um, in Chad and uh, – excuse me. I'm losing track on uh, Burgermaster. Yeah. Yeah, but they're all great at what they do. They're going to be able to set some things up schematically with how they scout and what they're the stuff they're going to run. That's going to put him in a position to score and to facilitate and be a creator for other people. He's just got to trust what they put in place. And right now you're kind of seeing the speed of the game, how guys are playing him. He's just got to trust the adjustments that they put in place for him. And once he starts to do that and realize that he can do things a little bit differently against double teams, um, how they're trapping him some, that he's, you know, they'll free up, things will change, and then, you know, basketball is a game of adjustments, Justin. It, it, it always has been and always will be. Um, and so I'm interested to see what the counterpunch is as we go into that Indiana game. That's really, to me, he's had two really rough games. Okay, how do you bounce back? Because that's going to tell me a lot about him moving forward and what he's going to be able to do in SEC play. Yeah, I, I, I am interested to see how he, how he bounced back. He's not going to be – Look, he's not going to be uh, some defensive stopper. Like that's not Aiden. Uh, it's not. It's not going to be him this year anyway. Um, no, he, he's going to just hold his own in there defensively. He's not going to call steals or get up in in in, in people's grills the way KD can at times. And um, but he's but he's not but he's not playing poorly on that that end of the floor. Um, he's just got to kind of find his shooting stroke back a little bit. And um, I do love the potential of him and Trey. I think there's they do things differently. You know. They do things well differently, and uh, I like Trey's physicality. I like his toughness off the bench, and he's a guy that I think can handle coming off the bench and being and being a good player. Um, and so, yeah, you mentioned that Indiana game. Indiana's not having their traditional great season. They're, they're they're not ranked all that highly. It's a game Auburn should go win. But what's funny is, you know, we saw the reaction on the message board about the App State game, and I get it. I get it. Um, you know, they struggled to hit shots. They lose a road game to a to a team that's inferior to them, um, but you know you look across the SEC right now. If you look at the T rank, you know the analytic rankings. You've got Tennessee nine, yes, Bama twelve, Auburn sixteen, Kentucky seventeen, A and M twenty two, Florida twenty three. Like it's it's competitive and crowded right there. But you know you know give Auburn some credit. Um, and so far it's early in the year. They lost a true road game to App State, and they lost a squeaker to Baylor in which they let it halftime. Um, you know, let's just let's hit the let's pump the brakes on kind of trying to assess what this team's going to be. I talk about I mentioned it in the uh, in the primer before the App State game as things I'm thinking about going into the game, and that is the App State game reminds me of listen that Final Four team. Was mm-hmm. anybody thinking that team was going to the Final Four when they lost in Raleigh to NC State? No. Absolutely not. It looked terrible in that game. Uh, they also, I think they played UAB and won at UAB but, at that year too, but I think that was really ugly, if I remember right. could have even been an overtime win um, at UAB. They, um, you know, the, the, the team that finished second in the league was Samir Dowdy and Isaac Okoro needed a tip-in from Okoro in the last seconds to win at South Alabama. That South Alabama team is not as good as what Auburn just lost to against App State. Um, and that team that, that needed a tip in at South Alabama finished second. They were, they were the number two seed going into the SEC tournament. And then, of course, COVID happened. Um, so, you know, 
just because they lost to App State, like we've seen some of this before. They've had, and then Auburn's had competitive wins, whether it's Murray State, whether it's at St. Louis, that same Samir Dowdy team won at St. Louis in a brawl. Um, like they've had some of these tight mid-major type games where they're a little ugly, but they've won them. This one didn't turn out that way and they lose it. But, uh, but I think this team is still, there's just still a lot of growth that's got to happen with, with these guys. My thing with them is the talent's there for the most part. Maybe you wish they were better, better at a couple positions, but it, there's a good collection of talent. My thing is with basketball, it's always about chemistry and role players and understanding your role and coming off the bench and doing your job and, and complimenting the other guys on the court. It's just, there's so much about that in basketball. Um, and, and with this team, I think they're just still trying to figure that out. And it's about finding an alpha. It's about finding leaders. I, you know, I think they're still searching a little bit. I think Janai is kind of that player, but I don't know that he's that personality. Um, I don't know who that guy is. That's kind of one of the other things that I'm looking for with this team is, is there a guy that when he speaks, everybody shuts up and listens? I don't know. Jabari was that guy's freshman because you're just like, that's a bad man. Walker was that. was a little soft-spoken, but Walker had that intensity, and he had the game to back it up. Um, I don't know. I don't know who that is on this team yet. If, if they start to struggle on the road or whatever, whatever's happening, who writes the ship? Who, who, who do they, you know, Janai's kind of a guy that is sort of developing into a guy you could dump it down to and get a bucket. But, but, but just the leadership of the team, who is going to step up as, as, as the adversity hits, which is what they experienced Sunday and help write the ship in practice the next week and set and set the tone that, that is so big. I mean, I get a chance to go to a lot of these practices and I'm just telling you like, they're intense, but it just matters. Those next practices, who sets the tone in those practices and, and how they follow that person or persons is big. I still think they're kind of searching for that that one or two guys that, that can carry that. You know what I mean? I could not agree with you more. Um, basketball is a game of matchups, and it's a game of guys, sometimes a view of individuals, and that's what you were talking about, guys like a Jared Harper that just had full command. Even as a freshman, you could see that he had the trust of his teammates, and they knew that when push came to shove and you needed to get a bucket, he could go get it done. A guy that was an absolute leader. I think you have guys that have the potential to do that. I mean, Denver Jones is a guy that did that at FIU. Will he do that for this team? I honestly don't know. Aiden Holloway could be that guy. He is easily the most skilled basket, the most skilled guard we have on this team. Uh, can he mature to the point that this team really trusts him and will follow him in difficult times? That's what you don't know, Justin. And you're right. When next the next practice you go to, who's leading this team? Who's setting the path forward? Who's leading by example? And the great thing is the character of this team. You have so many good character kids. I don't know last year, and I'm not bad-mouthing anybody when I say this, but I feel like the team last year, as much as they fought and clawed and scrapped for every victory, I don't know that there was a great synergy around that team. I do think there's good synergy around this team, and there are guys that are rooting for each other in the locker room and that they want them to pick it up, and they want to play well. So, you're just seeing an inconsistent team right now of a lot of parts coming together, and people just need to not put too much emphasis on one game. 
you see it in tournament play all the time. Like you said, any team can get hot. App State got hot in that game, and, you know, they played us in their house, and, and they took advantage. But you also saw a similar thing happen to Arkansas not too long ago when they lost to UNC Greensboro, turned back around and beat Duke in their place, okay? And that's a team that's as in much transition as Auburn is right now. So understand that while, yes, it's not a great look, it's not a terrible loss either, there's a lot that can come out of that from a teachable moment standpoint, and I think this team will be better because of it. Sometimes it is easier, and you hear football coaches say this all the time, I believe this to be true in any sport, that you can coach guys harder coming out of a loss than you can out of a win. You get more out of it, and I think they'll get a lot out of this loss in a true road environment and learn how to lean on each other and how to kind of get through adversity to make sure that you're being successful each and every time you take the court. Um, what are you thinking about going into this Indiana game? What are maybe some things you want to see? Indiana's uh, – let's see where Indiana's at here. Their T-rank – the 52nd? They're 52nd. They're net – I was because I was looking up Indiana in the net ranking, which is the, the NCAA released their net rankings on Monday, the first of the season, which play a part in uh, the NCAA selection process. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting. Indiana's analytics here on T-rank, they're 52nd. Uh, which makes them a quad three, what, a quad two, quad three, because it's a neutral. But net ranking, they're like 130. So I'm not sure the difference. I don't know why that is so dramatically different. I'm trying to see where they are on Kimpom. Uh, I think it speaks to the quality of competition. So kind of all over the place with them. Yeah, they, they haven't played an overly strong schedule just yet. I think the Maryland game is the only one that stands out to me as a quality opponent that they've got on the schedule so far, and I think that's the one that's coming up. They beat uh, a struggling Louisville team uh, and several other lower mid-majors. So just really not a a good – Right. So not a great quality of a a win for them just yet, which I think is probably hurting them. But, again, like you said, when you play a team like this and you put it on a neutral court, it kind of moves it up a spot as far as what it's evaluated at, as far as a net win goes. So you're saying that would be a quad three. But what I want to see from Auburn is offensive efficiency all the way around. I want to see good spacing. I want to see good ball movement, make sure they're reversing the ball and not getting stagnant. From a defensive end, effort all the way through. I mean, I think you kind of saw that against Southern where you started out really hot. You thought that team was going to fold, and then they continued to play hard. I want to see Auburn play hard for you know both halves of basketball, be efficient with it, share the basketball, um, and really just kind of play a better brand of basketball than what they played the past two games. They're capable of so much more. Let's see them kind of step into those roles that they were meant to play this year, and let's see if Chad Baker-Mazzaro can continue to get to the cup. Denver can find his stroke behind the line, uh, continue to get good hustle plays off the bench from Chris Moore and Chaney Johnson, and really – Maybe feature, feature Jalen down low a little bit more. I thought he was three or four on the block, and then they left some meat on the bone there with him. I think you can expose Indiana down low. I don't love their post play. So I think you can attack them there and see if we can't play from the inside out somewhat. Yeah, Jalen. Jalen's just – he's going to – he is going to be – he is going to end his career. And he's already got the most wins of any player in the history of Auburn basketball. And he's going to go out. I mean, whatever happens this year, nothing's going to change at this point. He's going to be, in my mind, he's going to be remembered as one of the more gifted, frustrating players. He's so gifted. He can handle the ball. He can shoot the three at a decent clip. 
he's so good around the basket. I mean, he's got great touch. He's tough. He can jump. You get him one-on-one down there, and he, and he can work. He's hard, he's hard to guard. But he will have games where he just disappears because he just – I, I I don't know. He just there's times where I wish he would just demand the ball and he doesn't. Um, but uh, that's a side note. Um, yeah, Indiana. Indiana's struggling shooting. They're they're 350th in the country in three point shooting percentage. They they haven't hit more than four threes in a game all year. Um, so they they are not gonna. Sh- they're not. You think you would think not. They're not gonna shoot the lights out from the outside. Um, that's that's by far their worst thing. They get to the free throw line a little bit, um, but yeah, they haven't they haven't played anybody. Played Maryland, um, Maryland's you know nothing special. Played Harvard, Louisville, Louisville program is just in the trash right now. Florida Gulf Coast, Army, right? State. They haven't played anybody, but they're about to play. They play Michigan on Tuesday. Okay, um, Michigan's not bad. Memphis beat Michigan, but that was fairly competitive. That's a true road game at Michigan. Then they I don't know who scheduled this. They play Michigan. Then they play Auburn Saturday, and they get a week off. They play Kansas the next Saturday in in sure. Bloomington. At least they get that at home, but that'll be an interesting matchup. Uh, um, and they play Moorhead State some others. So yeah, they haven't really been tested. To me, it's a game in Atlanta. There should be, I mean, there should be you know eight plus thousand Auburn fans there. I would imagine between Atlanta and some driving over. I think State Farm probably holds seventeen or something. If I had to guess, I don't know. yeah. And Indiana travels. Yeah, Indiana travels well, so you'll you'll get a lot of Indiana fans there as well. I wouldn't imagine to be as many Indiana fans as you would Auburn fans, but a good neutral site game for Auburn that hopefully we can come out, Justin, and, play, and start to finish, kind of take control of this game. Uh, yeah. And that's really what you want to see. You want to see them treat it like the Notre Dame game where they came out start to finish, hit Notre Dame in the mouth. You would hope they don't have that slide towards the half, but if you do, you correct yourself and you play – really well coming out of the half, and that's what you saw against Notre Dame. Yeah, the bright side of the App State loss is, let's let's just talk, <coughs> excuse me, the silver lining would be um, every team probably needs, not probably, every team needs to go through some adversity at some point. This team, I think especially, because they're not a bunch of proven, they're not a proven commodity. So they needed the App State game. They didn't need to lose. But the experience isn't a bad one. The Baylor experience isn't a bad one. It's good learning experiences. Now, I don't want to see them rack up any more losses because they do need a tournament resume. So you got to you beat Indiana, and you want to beat Southern Cal at home. Southern Cal's lost, I think, three games now. One was to Gonzaga. Um, some close losses. They're still top 20 type Ken Palm, T-ranked type team and has two first-round draft picks on their, on their roster, and that's not including Bronny James. But um, – you want to win this. Don't want to drop anymore. I like it's like, hey, I like the experience, but let's not do it. You know, let's not lose anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's mm-hmm. kind of what I'm But I will, we'll we'll, uh, we'll see. I like I like their chance against Indiana um, there in Atlanta. We'll see what uh, we'll see what Auburn does. I think they'll have a a good attitude, come back. Um, yeah, Bruce talked about some guys being shell-shocked at App State, so that's that's kind of what I'm talking about with that experience stuff. So, um, all right, Indiana, hopefully people will travel over to that game. It's at noon. I think it's at noon central. I don't know. It's middle of the day. I can't remember it's noon central, noon eastern. It's probably noon central, one eastern, if I had to guess, um, in State Farm Arena uh, on, on Saturday. A little Auburn, Indiana action. Um, we'll see if Auburn can get back on the – their uh, – 
they're winning ways. We'll have uh, coverage at AuburnLive.com. But, uh, but yeah, everybody, hopefully you join us once a week. We'll, we'll kick this thing out once we get to get rolling and get into SEC play and stuff. It'll be another fun year. I think Auburn's got a chance to compete. I don't see a, I mean, I don't see a dominant team. Kentucky looked good against, um, Miami and then turned around and lost to UNC Wilmington, who is a team that App State blitzed, by the way. The team that just beat Kentucky, App State beat them by like 30. Um, Tennessee has played a really hard schedule. You know, they're going to be good. Florida is an up-and-coming team. Mississippi State got ranked and then turned around and, like, lost two in a row, won them to Southern. Um, so, I mean, that's, he's kind of all over the place. A&M's good. They've lost a couple. That's still a really good team. Arkansas kind of suffered a few losses. So nobody's just come out of the gate, you know, running wild. Um, it's going to be competitive. But this, there's, this is not a league, even with what I've seen from Auburn, it's not a league where Auburn can't compete. Agreed. Um, or a top – three spot. I don't think, you know, I think Tennessee's got an edge. I think A&M's got an edge. Kentucky's probably a little more talented, but this is not a league where Auburn can't compete with those teams and compete and, and at their best try to be top three when this is all said and done. It could be, they could finish six. That wouldn't surprise me, but I, I don't think it's a league where they can't compete to be top three in the league when this thing's said and done. So we'll see what kind of growth they can make as they move forward. Any last thoughts? No, I think you hit the nail on the head that this is a team that has all the potential to be a top six, top five team in the SEC this year, which is easily a tournament team and potentially a Sweet 16 team. I mean, I, I think that is the ceiling for this squad this year and something that can be accomplished. But it depends on the development and how that starts with the game against Indiana, right? Do they take that step forward in this game, control things from start to finish, and be a little bit more efficient on the offensive end? And if we see that, I think we'll start to have a little bit more belief and you'll see the fan base relax some. Because obviously the teeth were, you know, they were gnashing some teeth and, you know, the comments on the board were a little salty. But get a big one against Indiana, move into one against UNC Asheville, and I think people will start to feel a lot better. Yeah, yeah. And understand basketball is still different than football. You know, you're not going to win them all. Um, it's just a little, little bit a little bit different. Um, all right, appreciate everybody for joining us. Um, shout out to Session Cocktail again, sponsor of the show. Go check them out, downtown Auburn, right there on Magnolia Avenue. Uh, great people. Tell them that we sent you from AuburnLive.com. Appreciate you, Jay Head. No, thank you, buddy. All right, we'll get this thing rolling, a little basketball pod once a week, give the people what they want. Um, make sure and check that out. Like I said, we're going to aim for Tuesday mornings. You can check that out on YouTube and Spotify and Apple and all that good stuff. Appreciate everybody for joining us. Jay Head, I am Justin Hoganson. Go to AuburnLive.com. Subscribe. We'll see you next time. Bye. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.